What's up, witches? There are a few days left of the greatest month of the year, and other than dancing around a fire in the woods, I wanted to tell you about a few things you should try and do this Halloween. First of all, if you're local to LA, have you made it out to Not Scary Farm this year? I myself ventured out to have a look, and I'll admit I had way more fun than I expected to. The whole park becomes a giant haunted attraction, with walk-around characters who use the constant fog that fills the park to sneak up on you. Many an undead cowboy caught me off guard. The ghost town streets were definitely my favorite, with quite a few inhuman residents. I think there were some foxes or maybe werewolves in full Wild West dresses and bonnets. I loved it. Beautifully bizarre. Now, there are nine mazes within the park, and I, of course, had to go through all of them. There was Bloodline 1842, a vampire maze where you're given laser guns to shoot down the vampiric nuisance that has taken over. I loved the interactive aspect. I was really surprised with how many tricks the vampires had up their sleeves. They weren't just standing around a corner waiting to jump out at you. If you go, keep an eye out. They're truly everywhere, including above and below you. The only thing that I was disappointed in was there was no score at the end. So my competitive spirit was rather let down as I'm convinced I slayed way more vamps than anyone else in my group. Oh well, they'll just have to take my word for it. Forever. There was my least favorite maze, Dark Ride Castle of Chaos. Why was it my least favorite, you might be wondering? Clowns, my friends. Lots of clowns. Made to feel like you're stuck in a broken-down, abandoned amusement park, it was not amusing to me at all. So if you love clowns as much as I do, you might want to skip this one. Another new one this year was Grimoire which sounded super cool, and I thought would be very witch-centric, but it was more camper-in-the-woods slasher flick. It was very unique, as there was an actual story that played out as you went through, so don't hide your eyes. The details make it pretty unique. The Depths is another maze. It was really fun. It takes you down into underwater caves, complete with sea monsters, and some of the coolest underwater effects I've ever seen. I know it was just fog and lights, but it really looked like you were wading through water. Then there's Dark Entities. A real treat for any sci-fi fans is you are literally inside of every monster and space movie you've ever seen. So pretty terrifying, but also really cool. They do a great job of making you feel like you are trapped in space being hunted. Just remember, unlike space, everyone can hear you scream. If you're a fan of movies like House of Wax, then you'll love Waxworks. You might be thinking, really? A wax museum? Haven't I seen this before? Trust me. No, you have not. Whoever designed this was very creative and very twisted and sadistic and someone you probably wouldn't want to take home for dinner. At least you become dinner. The things I saw in this maze were truly nightmare-inducing and kind of nauseating at times. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be in the mind of a sadistic killer, 
you will experience it here. This was, to me, the scariest and definitely the goriest of all the mazes. Now, Pumpkin Eater was a fun, twisted take on the rhyme. And though not what I would call scary, it was really fascinating to walk through. You were definitely inside a macabre fairy tale. And I love pumpkins, even evil ones. So it was a win-win. Origins, the Curse of Calico is all about a woman accused of witchcraft. So, of course, I loved this one. After she was hung, she returns to exact revenge on the townspeople. And wow, does she. I loved the revenge aspect in the Wild West setting. There were so many detailed scenes that you walk through full of some crazy animatronics. And I was really frustrated that it was full of other people because I just wanted to hang out and take photos of all of it. And then, of course, take photos of myself and all of it. But no, no, no. There were people there. And finally, my favorite of all the mazes, Mesmer, Sideshow of the Mind. This felt like a very Alice in Wonderland meets Twilight Zone meets Cabinet of Curiosities. I seriously kept thinking, ooh, I could do this at home. And not for Halloween, mind you. I mean year-round design choices. Everything was a little off, a little strange, and oddly beautiful. The crooked hallway of clocks was the best part, and I will one day recreate that in a hallway in my home. Now, aside from the mazes and the crazy street performers, and trust me when I say, really, they're everywhere. Even if you don't see them coming, you're convinced there's no one in the area, they will come out of the fog. And they will come after you. Did you know that every year there's an art show called Into the Fog? Yeah, I didn't know about it either. It's tucked away a bit toward the back left of the park, located inside the factory store, which is right below Berry Tales. Inside, you'll find an incredible selection of art, all based on attractions and characters of Not Scary Farm. They ranged from whimsical to downright terrifying. My personal favorite was the darkly whimsical piece by Pasher illustration, Ghosts of Boot Hill Cemetery. Done in my favorite colors of purples, blues, and blacks, the ghosts and skeletons of Calico look like they're off to a creepy hoedown. I've always loved ghost towns. So full of history, so quiet. Unless, of course, they're haunted. Which, actually, probably most of them are haunted, hence the name Ghost Town, Jennifer. So, yep, probably actually very noisy. But I still love them. And I want to travel to as many of them as I can. Although at the moment, the one at Not Scary Farm is pretty awesome. All of the art in the show is for sale, along with prints and stickers and various other things the artists have come up with. So if you love something but can't take home the original, you still have options. Although there is sadly not an online version of the show, you can see my favorite, The Ghosts of Boot Hill Cemetery, on the artist's Instagram at Pasher Illustration. And I'll drop that link in the podcast description. If amusement parks aren't your thing, how about Shakespeare? The ballet? Zombies? Another really wicked event I was invited to was the zombie ballet Sweet Sorrow. Now, in case you're wondering, does this work? I mean, Shakespeare and ballet, sure. But zombies? And I'm here to say, my friends, that yes, it does. The Lee Pertle Ballet Company has created something incredibly unique, which in a town of wildly creative people is really saying something. 
First premiering in 2018, this performance has become a must see in LA. When I first saw this advertised at Midsummer Scream, I was immediately intrigued for a few reasons. One, my favorite ballet is Dracula, so I already knew dark and spooky ballet was an amazing thing. And two, one of my favorite movies is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Undead by Jordan Galland, about a production of Hamlet overrun by vampires, which is hilarious, and I highly recommend you finding it to watch. I loved it so much, I actually convinced Jordan to let me put up a stage version of the movie here in LA. But that is a whole nother conversation. The point is, I knew Shakespeare and horror went together, so I was all about this performance. Before the show even started, I was really blown away by the artwork created for the show. And the program is just beautiful. It looks like a dark, almost Disney like animation style, filled with spooky forest, doomed lovers, and zombies, of course. Lee has crafted a dark continuation of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Upon discovering the tragedy and seeing the star cross lover's funeral, the apothecary offers to rectify the situation by approaching Rosalind and offering a way to bring them back from the underworld. And here, the adventure begins. New love stories, new intrigue, and old grudges all make appearances. On Rosalind's journey, we discover a world full of beautiful nightmares. With a stunning performance by the Raven Queen and her court. Then there are the zombies. Not known for being graceful, I was curious how this would translate. And to be honest, it was creepy as. Well, you know, it was creepy. You kind of had this moment of impending doom. It was very unsettling and spectacular. I don't want to give away too much of the story, but Romeo and Juliet will now always live in my mind as zombies. These violent delights have violent ends indeed. Now, I caught the last live performance of the year. In fact, Lee says it's going back into the vault for a few years. But this Halloween weekend, they are doing a streaming performance, which will be available October 28th through the 31st. Tickets can be purchased at leepertleballetcompany.org. And I'll also drop that link in the podcast description. The Lee Pertle Ballet Company is a nonprofit organization that believes ballet is for everyone, including zombies. All right, I have one more spooky adventure to share, and it involves escape rooms. Now, I know they've been around for a bit, and I'm kind of late to the game, but to be honest, I never had a desire to go to one. The concept just did not seem enjoyable, and I was convinced that A, I wouldn't be good at it, and B, it wouldn't be fun. Wow, was I wrong. I'm kind of obsessed now. Have you guys tried an escape room? I know they're everywhere, with all kinds of crazy themes from sinking submarines to prison breaks. But this is Whispers of a Witch. So none of that mundane stuff. No, no. I was invited to experience The Weeping Witch, created by Crossroads Escape Rooms. This is not Halloween specific. The escape room is not seasonal. It just debuted this Halloween season. And I'm telling you this because you need to do this escape room. Created by Madison and Luke Rhodes, the owners of the company, this is by far the wildest escape room I've yet to experience. If you've never done an escape room, there are a few things they all share in common. You and your group have a set amount of time, usually an hour, to escape or survive. To do so, you must solve a series of puzzles. 
and one puzzle leads to another, often unlocking additional rooms where, where more puzzles await, leading you to the conclusion of the story you are now an active participant in. Many times, the only people in the room are the group you came in with, and the game master can be reached to ask for clues via intercoms, walkie-talkies, and video screens. Other times, there are actors in the room with you. Well, <laughs> the weeping witch is real, and she is in there with you. This was my first time experiencing an escape room with an actor in it, and I am not ashamed to admit I screamed. I screamed a lot. Per their webpage, this is the description. The weeping witch is a spirit that lures people close by mimicking the sound of a woman crying. When people hear its wails, they follow the sound into the darkness, thinking someone needs help once they get close enough. The witch attacks and slowly sucks the life out of its victims. If you choose to enter Madame Ruby's study, that is what is awaiting you. Will you be able to banish the evil spirit and end your family curse before the weeping witch consumes your soul? Yeah, so not for the faint of heart. It says difficulty level, hard. Number of participants, four to eight. Recommended for ages 14 and up. Scare rating, four out of five. Now, my personal opinion is yes, difficulty, hard. Number of participants, four to eight. We had six. I wouldn't recommend four. Ages 14 and up? Oh, I I would have had nightmares for life if I went to this at 14. But, you know, I guess some 14-year-olds like horror. Scare rating 4 out of 5? No. Scare rating should be 10 out of 5. At least. So, did my group lift the curse? Yes. With only 4.5 minutes to spare. And that was with 6 people. The Weeping Witch is in there with you. Crying just being generally terrifying. Her appearances are jump-worthy and screen-producing. Madame Ruby's parlor, the setting for the room, is an incredible feat of design. There are no blank walls or unused spaces and a million things to take in. It truly transports you into another world. And if you're like me, you're not really sure you want to escape this beautiful space filled with oddities and magic. Until the witch appears and you do suddenly have the urge to be away from her. As for the puzzles, well, they aren't just random puzzles, but very thematic elements that you must put right to further the story and reach its conclusion. There are quite a few surprises, some very scary, some just really cool. It feels like Madison and Luke really went out of their way to make this as authentic and realistic feeling as they could. You really don't feel like you're playing a game. More like you're on an adventure with dire circumstances. You are immediately so pulled into the narrative that you quickly forget there's a door leading back to the real world right around the corner. You're given a bit of direction before you go in, and inside there is, shall we say, a friend that is happy to give you hints. But know that nothing prevents the witch from coming for you. But you can escape if you really work as a team. I know all escape rooms claim to be immersive, but this one takes it to a whole new level. The Weeping Witch is visually stunning, but more importantly, it gets into your head. And no matter how clever you think yourself to be, the witch is always one step ahead. The only problem with the whole experience is that, like watching The Sixth Sense or The Others, you only can experience this adrenaline rush once. Although I am 
tempted to do it again just to enjoy the set design. I would like to think I wouldn't scream the second time around, but if I'm honest with myself, I know I would be screaming again. It's that good. So grab some friends, friends that work well under pressure and fear, and see if you can escape the weeping witch. I'll be rooting for you. I will put the link to The Weeping Witch in the podcast description. Let me know if you make it out. Thanks for listening to my Halloween adventures. I hope you still have many more before the season ends. I wanted to let you know that Whispers of a Witch now has its own Instagram page. So if you're not already following it, it's Whispers of a Witch underscore podcast. And if you enjoy listening to me ramble on or narrate stories, you can send this witch a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the witch voice or if you really love the show consider joining my patreon at patreon.com forward slash whispers the witch until next time stay wicked stay wicked